Our scripture today, as Andy uh, suggested, is uh, it might be a familiar one to you. Uh, it comes from the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Now, if, you're, uh, if you brought your Bible with you, I'm going to be looking backwards also at, at chapter uh, 11 during the sermon. But uh, I just want to read chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, um, kind of important week coming up in our nation, right? We've got, on Tuesday, we have an election, uh, the chance to go to the polls, and, and um, anybody going to vote? Quite a few of you. I, I think that um, as, as Americans, not only is it a right, I think it's a responsibility. If you're 18 or older, you ought to be at the polls. You ought to be voting. I, I think it is a responsibility of those of us who have, have been afforded that opportunity, um, if nothing else, to preserve our right to vote. Now, um, just in case you're unsure of who to vote for, I'm going to tell you today. Okay, um, I, you may not know this, but uh, part of being a church, according to the IRS, is uh, we we incorporate with a certain um, uh, designation an IRS code called 501c3, which basically says that your contributions are tax deductible, right? If we operate according to our incorporation. A church's incorporation forbids a church from naming the name of who you should vote for. We can't tell you who to vote for, but I'm going to tell you who to vote for. We can tell you, we can tell you um, how to vote on issues. We can share that from, from the pulpit. We can say, these are the things, these are the important things. You should vote yay on this and nay on that. These are the things that you should vote on. We can talk about issues, but we can't talk about politicians. But I'm gonna. Okay, kind of. I'm gonna tell you who to vote for, and I'm gonna tell you who to vote for at the end of the message. Now, I'll tell you this. Um, at the, at the previous service, apparently I was too subtle. I'm going to be a little more less, or a little less discreet in sharing that. I just kind of let it lay out there for people. And they all asked after the service, so who do we vote for? I'm going to be less, there'll be less confusion when we get done. But before we get there, yesterday, or last week, last, last Sunday. Last Sunday, um, uh, we had our trunk or treat uh, on, on Sunday. And, and uh, it, was, it was a wonderful occasion. Um, we, two, or last year, we competed with uh, the um, Wildwood Business Association and had them on the same nights. And this year, we, we got together with them and said, let's do one big one. Let's do it here. And so out there on our parking lot, we had, we, there, there are some of the pictures from it. We had um, uh, a bunch of, I think we had 21 trunks. That, that people had set up, and, and uh, we're going to talk about that one here in a minute. Um, we, 
had like 21 trunks and we had maybe four or five games that the youth had set up. And then we had about 10 representatives of the uh, Wildwood Business Association. So you'd go and you'd get your candy, you'd play the games and you'd go through and the parents would get a, a, a brochure on a real estate company or something like that. Um, so um, lucky everybody, right? And so you... Um, you got all this as you went through and, and uh, had a good time. And then where we, we concluded, um, uh, and, and this was mentioned in Beth's announcements, we concluded with under the uh, overhang out here outside, um, we had tables where the, the, it was set up for filling the boxes, and you see it there, filling the boxes of all the food that you brought over the last several weeks, all that food um, that was for Thanksgiving boxes for people who are clients of Circle of Concern. And so what we said to parents was, we want to have your children have the opportunity not only to get, but to give. And it's wildly popular with the parents. We stumbled on this idea last year. So, you know, when you make a mistake and it works, do it again. And so we did it uh, again. And, and parents are really happy to have their children participate both on the receiving but also on the giving. And, and I know that uh, um, uh, we have an idea of how many children were there. Um, so Dan Alber is the husband of Amanda Alber. Amanda works on our staff in our preschool, but also Amanda is um, uh, one of our, uh, she's the assistant director of Next Generation Ministries. I'm guessing that she must have said to Dan somewhere along the line, I wonder how we're going to know how many children were there. Well, Dan had an idea, I guess. So on Dan, Dan had, do we have that specific picture? Is it possible just, Dan had his truck set up like a pirate ship. I think we had four or five pirate ships, but this is Dan's, and you see that, that it's a plank right there. He's still setting it up because there were sharks in the water and all sorts of things, but uh, the children had to walk the plank to the boat instead of the other way, walk the plank to the boat, and Dan had a bag of candy that had 200 pieces, and so he gave one piece. There's one, there's two, there's three. I don't think in numbers like this at all. This is not me. But Dan, he went through a bag, 200 pieces. And then he opened up and he gave a few more pieces out after that. So Dan had a count of how many children went through his. It was 200 something. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't know if, if 100% of the children, I, I'm going to say 20% of the children went through. And so there were 2,000, no, probably not. Um, <laughs> Somewhere over 200 children went through uh, Dan's trunk, uh, but probably more than that were there. Uh, but that plus uh, the parents and, and the grandparents that were there um, and the, the people that, that led the Wildwood Business Association booths, um, we know there was at least 400 people there, and it was a grand old time. Now, why would I talk about that? Well, it was Halloween, right? Well, that was the night before Halloween, and the next day was December, or October 31st, and therefore Halloween. Halloween is um, it's, it's, it's a, a holiday that has changed from what it originally was. Originally, it was All Hallowed's Eve is what it was called. You've probably heard this before, All Hallowed's Eve. And, and what that meant was, the evening, the eve, remember we have Christmas Eve, the day before Christ's birth. Well, All Hallowed's Eve is the evening before we celebrate those who are hallowed, the saints, the holy people, right? So All Saints Day is on November 1st. 
And so there was this celebration that was created around All Saints Day that was All Hallowed's Eve. And somehow it morphed into what we have today, um, not what it was originally intended. So All Saints Day was November 1st. And this is All Saints Sunday, the Sunday that we celebrate the saints. Now, how do we get an All Saints Day? Um, the Roman, it's a gift from uh, the Roman Catholic Church, actually. Um, and I say gift because I think that the saints, um, as the Roman Catholic Church has put out, I think they're important, very important. And, and um, I, as a matter of fact, we're going to talk about the saints, uh, several of them, for about five or six weeks in January and February. And, and the lessons that we learn from them, the examples that we get from them. But that's what saints are, right? Saints are the people who leave an example for us on how we should live our faith, what our faith should look like. They are the people who have been the examples down through the years for us. People whose life is worth remembering, imitating even. People who have witnessed to their faith as they've interacted with you and with others. And that's what this passage is talking about actually. It calls it a cloud of witnesses, but what the passage is talking about is the people who before have witnessed to their faith. We tend to over-personalize this passage. We say, this cloud of witnesses, these these are the angels who are watching over me. No, it's not what it meant. It is people who have witnessed to their faith in the past to share with us how it is that you do faith, how it is that you live out faith. Now, this, this scripture is taken out of context a little bit, right? If, if you just look at this two verses or the few verses that follow it even, um, there's a therefore as it begins, right? It says, therefore, since we ha- are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Now, the therefore is like if you go to vote on, on Tuesday and there's a, a proposal that, that you get to vote on, one of the, the law-type things, right? Not, not the people, we'll get to that later, but the law part of it. Um, and, and it'll also often say, therefore, we're going to enact this law if you vote yes or if you vote no, we don't. Therefore. Now, I think it's important when you read that, you go to the whereas that came before, right? When people put forth these proposals, they say, because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that, therefore, they, they do it in fancy language. So they say, whereas such and such, whereas, so it's the line of logic that brings us to that point. And, and honestly, we ought to read that, right? Because if the line of logic is flawed, we, we might disagree with, uh, we might disagree with the conclusion. So those of you who have been here a while know this, this building was built on uh, like the Lord of the Flies. So if you see a lot of flies right now and I've got them buzzing around me, that's why one went right into my face a minute ago. So that's why that reaction. Um, anyway, um, the, uh, where was I? The therefore. So um, if, if the line of logic is flawed, maybe the proposal, though it seems right to you, maybe it's flawed. Maybe what it's going to do is flawed. So it's always important to read the whereas whenever you have a therefore. 
We've been reading in, in uh, the men's Bible study uh, on Wednesday mornings, we've been reading through the book of Philippians. And in the book of Philippians, Paul often says, therefore. And I remind ourselves that we need to look back and say, what was he saying before the therefore? Because that's important. So here we have this therefore. Well, what's the whereas? And the author of Hebrews, and by the way, we don't know exactly who the author of Hebrews was. We, uh, we often have speculation, but this is one of those parts of the Bible that remains a mystery to us. Uh, but the author, the author has this, in chapter 11, has this wonderful way that, that he enters first into chapter 11 by giving us a definition of faith, right? In, in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. An assurance about what we do not see. It's a great definition of faith. What is faith? Faith is confidence in what we hope for. An assurance in what we do not see. That's maybe the first whereas. And the next whereas is, this is what, this is verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients being the people in the Bible who came before the author of Hebrews. The people who, who lived faith, who lived out confidence in what they hoped for and assurance in what they did not see. The therefore. So this is the whereas. So as you look at the whereas, it talks about, about the people of faith. And it goes on to say, for instance, um, well, it begins with, uh, by faith we understand about creation, about how God created. But then it goes into the people. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. By faith, Moses, when warned, I'm sorry, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would, have later he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, even Sarah, his wife, uh, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him, meaning God, faithful, who had made the promise. Later it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob was, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites. By faith, Moses, first Moses' parents, and then Moses himself. That's the whereas. Because we have all of these people that we can look to as people who lived out their faith, who, by the way, were probably very ordinary people. But they lived their faith in a way that people said, that's an example we want to follow, therefore we need to make sure we get it down in writing. Those were the saints. Those were the cloud of witnesses, the people who witnessed to their trust in God by living out their life in a faithful way. Not people who witness what you're doing, but rather the people who serve as examples for us. Those are people we would call saints. Let me do a little exercise with you. Find a piece of paper. 
And, and uh, you have room on your bulletin uh, or uh, in front of you, um, there's, there's um, offering envelopes. Nobody uses those anymore anyway. So, um, you know, don't uh, grab a pen. And, and uh, um, if you're in the front row, the pens are in the chair behind you. But um, it, grab a pen and I want you to write down some names. And, and if you're watching online, take a moment to hit pause. All right, you're back. Let's, um, let's have a pen and paper handy. Think about this. Um, let's, let's think about who has been a parent figure for you. Now, it might be simple. It might be mom and dad uh, um, or mom or dad. Or it, it might be maybe you weren't raised by your parents. Maybe it's an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. Who has been a parent for you? Maybe you were raised by wolves and you want to, you know, write that down. But who has been a parent for you? Who has been a parent figure? Right, right either mom or dad or, or both if you prefer, you know. Who has been a parent figure for you? And your example is you've been parents or, or will maybe one day be parents. Who, who, who would be the example you would want to live out like? Now, as, a, as another possibility, um, let's, let's think about in your work life, whether you worked outside the home or in the home, doesn't matter. In your work life, who's been the example for you? If, if your job was taking a, a, a nut and screwing, a, I mean, a bolt and screwing a nut on it, I'm not thinking of the person who taught you to do that. What about the person who worked next to you? who is always happy to be there, always glad to do their job, always happy to greet you in the morning. Who was the person that was your example that you want to say, you know, in my work life, I want to be like that? Who was the person that was the person of integrity or the person uh, of, of just brilliant ideas or the person, who was the person that you are most likely to quote to somebody else about how to do the job? Okay, that exercise was just a warm-up for this part. Now think about why you're here, why you're in church, why you either have accepted Christ as your Savior or you're thinking that might be right for your life. Who is the person of faith that was an example for you? Now, I can come up with dozens of answers myself. And maybe there are several people for you. Pick one. Write down five. Doesn't matter. Who are those people? I know that as a pastor, I have pastored six different churches. This is my sixth. And I always, I know that when I get to churches, I'm always going to meet somebody that I think, you know, when Dave grows up in faith, I want to be like them. Right? There's always somebody that's so much farther in faith. This, this passage of scripture even talks about that. It, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Well, how is the race marked out? By following in the footsteps of the people who have gone before us and been examples of faith for us. Who is that for you? Who is your faith example? Maybe you've already written their name down from one of the other two. Who's your faith example? Who is somebody that you think 
because of their faith, I'm a follower of Christ. Or because of their faith, I live my faith out this way. Because of how they set an example for me, I want to be like that. That's your saint. That's your saint. That's what saint means. It means somebody who exampled the holiness of life enough that you want to use that as your example. That is your saint. Who is that person for you? Where do you find them in your, in your faith life? These are your saints. They are the great cloud of witness. And, and it's, it's not limited to people that you knew personally. It could be people that just stood as an example. As I, as I studied theology, there are people who I, I studied and read about. I actually get an email um, every day from uh, Christian history, something I can't remember, that talks about people who have lived their faith. And I, it's part of my devotion every day. I just read through somebody who lived their faith in an incredible way. And some of them I'm really moved by, I'm stirred by. There are people whose example is worth imitating. That's what it means to celebrate the saints. You know, the Roman Catholic Church originally had all these saints. They had so many that they didn't want to give a day to each one. You know, you get St. Patrick's Day. That's more than a drinking holiday, okay? Right? But there's also a, a, a St. Anthony's Day, and there's a, there, there's a St. Francis Day. Most of us don't know those, but, but you, you have all these different saint days. Well, there's so many that the Catholic Church says, you know what, let's give all the rest of them a single day. You pick one that you want to be an example for you. St. Aloysius, I don't know. Or St. Joe, not, not Joseph, the father of Jesus, but Joe, the guy I worked with. Who is that saint of your life? And recognize the purpose of the saints. The whereas are the saints. The therefore is let's live like they exampled for us. Therefore, because we have this great, great group of people who witness to their faith by living it out, let's run the race. Let's follow in their footsteps as we live out faith for ourselves. Because after all, whether they're here today or, or they've passed, they counted then. And they still count now. One of the traditions at Living Word is that as a part of our All Saints celebration, we remember those who have been a part of Living Word or have been an influence on people at Living Word by sharing a video, uh, our All Saints video. And so uh, we want to share a video of those who have passed from this life to eternal life uh, over the last year.
So I promised I was going to tell you who to vote for. And in case it's not obvious, who are the people of faith that would set an example of how to lead a country by the way they live their faith? That's who to vote for. Vote for a saint. As you think about all of those, whether it's somebody that you vote for or somebody that you have lived with and shared their faith, somebody, um, you know, there's a lot of people that you never know who had an impact on your faith. This congregation, which was Ellisville United Methodist Church and then became Living Word, it was formed in 1962. Some people from then are still alive and around today. Some of them have been on video over the years. You know, I've often said that uh, there ought to be a a class in high school where the high school students have to sit, not have to, get to sit and listen to the loved ones who are the survivors of someone who's passed and listen to the stories they've told. Because I get the blessing of hearing those as I prepare for a funeral. We ought to do that. We ought to all have the opportunity to hear about people of faith that have lived their faith and now have gone on to faith eternal, but, but also the people who have just made it possible that we could be here at Living Word, that we could be here as, as, as people who are uh, celebrating faith in this building or online. You have the opportunity to, to hear of faith. So every year we, we say, you know what? We also want to be the saints to others. We want to make sure that, that we provide the opportunity for the next family that comes to visit to have a place the next family who comes with children to have children's ministry. The, the, next, the next people that come to our church. We want to be the saints that make it possible that ministry continues. That's, that's why we do the estimate of giving. It's, it's a contract between you and God. Not even a contract. It's a promise between you and God. That you're saying, Lord, I, I want to be a saint in this way too. Not in only some of the things I do, but in all the things I do. I want to be a saint because others have been that for me as well. So I encourage you to fill out one of those estimate of giving cards. If you're, if you're looking at doing it online, and for all of you here as well, if you'd rather do it online, lwinfo.org is the, the um, mobile app, or uh, go to livingwordumc.org and go to giving on either one of those, and there's a way to make an estimate of giving on that as well. It tells the leadership of the church how to construct the ministries for the coming year so that we can be faithful to you in making it possible. As you come up for communion a little bit later in the service, please bring those cards with you and place them in one of the baskets as you come forward. And that's your opportunity to to make that commitment, to make that offering. If you would prefer, you may, but you don't have to. Um, If you'd prefer when the offering baskets come by in a moment that you can place your offering, your uh, um, estimate of giving in that basket as well. Let's take a moment to go to our Lord in prayer, and then our offering will begin. Holy God, we give you thanks for all the great cloud of witnesses. Those who have witnessed to their faith in so many different ways. Some of them, their names are now written on a a piece of paper in front of us. Others, they're written upon our hearts. Others, names we don't even know. But they've made it possible that we can come to faith as well. God, we thank you for that cloud of witness. (laughs) And we pray, Lord, that they continue to be 
an example for us as we strive to be an example for others. It's in Christ's name and for his sake that we pray. Amen.